Good evening, and welcome to Nighty Night with Rabia Chaudhry. Bedtime stories to keep you awake. I'm DJ Lubell, the show's producer. Tonight's episode, we continue our Story Behind the Story series, where Rabia sits down with true crime expert Daisy Egan. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome back to Nighty Night. This is going to be our last episode in the Story Behind the Story series. And I'm so excited to close out this like kind of little mini season with somebody who I'm, I'm just a huge fan of. And I discovered through yet another podcast because, you know, I don't just make them. I listen to them. So my guest this week is Daisy Egan, who is a Broadway film and TV actor and podcaster. She's not only a Tony Award-winning actor, but she's the youngest female to ever win a Tony for her role as Mary Lennox in The Secret Garden. She has so many TV credits. I'll just read a few of them. (laughs) There's Good Trouble, Hulu's The Path, HBO's Girls, CBS's The Mentalist, Without a Trace, Ghost Whisperer, The Unit, and Numbers. Her theater credits include Les Mis and James Joyce's The Dead, both on Broadway. And she's got dozens of off-Broadway and regional productions and writes and stars in her own one-woman shows, including Still Daisy After All These Years, Daisy Egan, Fuck Off, I Love You, (laughs) and One for My Baby. She is also the writer and host of the weekly podcast Strange and Unexplained with Daisy Egan, which is on the Obsessed Network and has over 10 million downloads in its first season. Oh my God, Daisy, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. I'm such a big fan of yours. So I'm I'm fangirling a bit. So Oh my gosh, I'm fangirling. I mean, like <laughs> I was I love Strange and Unexplained. Oh, but thank beyond you. that, um, you are an actual superstar celebrity. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. But thank I'm you. Kidding me. I am speaking to a Tony Award winning actor. It's it's just kind of amazing to me. You are a Renaissance woman, remarkable. But let me ask you this. Strange and Unexplained, is this your first foray into podcasting? It is. I had been, you know, what's so funny is back in uh, like yep. 2005 or 2004, whenever it was, I got a new Dell computer, you know, it came with a little microphone. And I thought, what if every week I just sat down and just sort of like talked about my week and, you know, my thoughts and put it online and people could listen to it. And then I thought, that's ridiculous. Who would do that? Nobody would listen to that. <laughs> so I like to say that I actually invented podcasting. Wait, what year uh, just, was this? I just didn't act on it. It was like 2003 or four. You definitely did. In your head, you did. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I did. Um, And so I I knew that I was interested in it for a long time. But yeah, this is my first actual foray. I mean, and what an incredible one because 10 million downloads in your first season. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we're doing really well. It's very exciting. Um, you know, I've, I guess I've struck a nerve. So that's, that's fun. It's like comedy and true crime and supernatural. And I don't think there's anything else really like it because it's just me. I don't have a co-host. And I'm very opinionated, so. When, when I first started listening, so again, you know, this the show's on the Obsessed Network, and we've had Patrick Hines on this series before. He's a good yeah. friend, and I loved all, yeah. like, all the shows on the network. Anytime there's a new show comes out, I start listening and I subscribe. And I was like, oh my God, this woman is so funny and irreverent oh. and sarcastic. Your writing Thanks. is brilliant in the show, but also... I'm obsessed with like this kind of stuff. This, So I'm wondering about the concept of the show. Was this like something you came up with? Is this stuff you've always been interested in? 
So, so I am a true crime fan for sure, but it was actually Patrick who came to me and was like, hey, do you want to do like a true crime sort of unsolved mysteries type podcast that could be like part true crime and part, you know, supernatural stuff? And um, I thought, yeah, sure. And, you know, I went in totally blind. There was like a huge learning curve and mm. uh, we picked you some. You no idea you'd have to write 80 million words per episode. Yeah. <laughs> who knew? And it's a good thing I didn't know either because I would have been like, mm, I am busy. I have to wash my hair. Uh, but yeah, we got, we, we actually, the first episode that I wrote was of Drowning Vanishing Men, which I think ended up being the second episode that we aired. And yeah, Patrick didn't realize it was going to be as funny. I don't know how he didn't realize that. He knows me very well. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I wrote some joke about, like, who who walks into a river unless you're Virginia Woolf? And he was like, oh, that's what this is going to be. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was his sort of germ of an idea and my, you know, weird brain that made it all come together. I mean, he is a visionary. So clearly he yes. was like, she's going to make this funny and interesting and fun. <laughs> so. Today we're talking about a case behind the story, like I said, from our previous season titled A Blaze, in which a woman learns that her estranged father has apparently gone up in smoke in a case of SHC, which is spontaneous human combustion. Now, specifically, the story was based on the case of Mike, a real case of Michael Faherty, but uh, but but we're not going to talk only about his case because this phenomenon deserves a broader look. Um, tip of the hat to our sources before we get into it. Um, we have used the Irish Times, Britannica, um, Washington Post, Wikipedia, and the Unsolved Mysteries website. <laughs> so there are apparently, and I didn't really realize this, but because I don't remember some of these books from, from high school, but there are numerous instances in fiction that refer to spontaneous human combustion. Um, but I do remember reading about it at some point, like I think when I was in middle school and thinking, this is not possible. But then I looked it up and I'm like, apparently this has happened. And I remember being terrified for a couple of years mm -hmm. that I was going to burst into flames. When, when did you first learn about this phenomenon? I think I've, I think I have, a, I remember seeing it on, on Solved Mysteries, like back when it first aired in the, in the nineties, there was a, there was an episode about, I want to say an older woman who, mm. who spontaneously combusted in her, in her armchair, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's where I learned about it. And I watched, you know, Tales from the Dark Side and, and Tales from the Crypt and all that stuff. So I'm sure it was on there as well. But Unsolved Mysteries was the first, like, you know, supposedly true case of it that I that I had heard of. Isn't it funny that like, I mean, for me, I also want to even today when I watch Unsolved Mysteries, I'm like, oh, this stuff is well vetted. Like this is not yeah. they're not just making this up. <laughs> this is for real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, for folks who uh, might remember their literary classes, they might remember that Herman Melville in his novel Redburn um, described a drunken sailor from whom when I quote, two threads of greenish fire like a forked like a forked tongue darted out between the lips and in a moment mm. the cadaverous face was crawled over by a swarm of worm-like flames i mean Ooh. that's freaky wow but then there's dickens bleak house you know the very famous novel dickens bleak house and there was a character in it named mr crook i mean you know obviously not <laughs> Yeah, that's not a nod to who, what he was like, who ends up in a heap of ashes and, quote, a dark, greasy coating on the walls and ceiling. Ugh, so gross. 
around this time, um, this I thought was really interesting. Spontaneous human combustion was generally kind of accepted by the masses, like around the turn of the century. Like people thought, yeah, this has happened because it's a moral, like it's a punishment from God. It's like a moral judgment. Of course, of course, of course, of course. <sighs> and all, almost all the time when these stories were reported, it it would always be somebody who drank a lot or was an alcoholic mm -hmm. or had been drinking that mm -hmm. night and was fat and or chubby or described as being mm -hmm. like overweight because mm -hmm. the idea was you're you're just highly combustible if you are a, a ball of fat soaked in alcohol so you see what i'm saying oh, can i just <laughs> tell you that the that the image in the research of like you're fat oozing out of your pores and lighting on mm -hmm. fire like i was like well i'm done like that's <laughs> I'm never eating again. That's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, but, you know, this was deeply tied to, like, ideas of, like, gluttony and, you know, yes. like, you know, being a lush and, and also, mm -hmm. like, a debaucherous yeah, character. Yeah, it's, a, it's so the this is just, seven deadly sins. Exactly, yeah. So you're yeah. bursting the flames, like, happened? Of course Ugh. it happened. It happened because God was like, enough is enough. You're, you know. Right. So, you know, there were, however, some critics that pushed back on Dickens and were like, what are you talking about? That's not a thing. Um, so he took the book, he had written the story like in a serial format and then he turned it into a book. And at the preface of the book, he specifically was like, no, listen, this thing is real. Okay. And doctors have medical literature has documented it. And he said, I studied this seriously. There's like 30 cases on record. And there's this famous case from 1731 of this Italian countess. Mm -hmm. Now it does seem to, this was interesting to me too, that there are maybe probably about 300 to 400 documented oh, as well wow. as they could be cases throughout history, but oh, they've wow. gotten less and less frequent over time. And hmm. I'm guessing because people are like, oh, now we can do actual autopsies and figure out what happened here and not <laughs> just make up something. But I do want to start with that Countess's story. Um, and yeah. so her name was actually Cornelia Zingari Bandy. And we're going to go through like four or five different cases today um, because I think all of them are fascinating. Yes, exciting stuff. So the Countess, who was an Italian noblewoman, she died on March 15th, 1731. And it was a very well-documented case, first of all, because of her status. So apparently on the night of her death, she had been described as dull and heavy once again. You know, <laughs> uh, fat, fat and people, drunk. You're to blame. Yeah, fat and drunk. She had a bunch of brandy and then her maid put her to bed and the next morning she doesn't show up. So the maid goes to check on her and is horrified by what she finds. They bring in all these investigators and obviously the church has to get involved. So they've got their own like reporter. Sure. And uh, yeah, <laughs> because this is, you know, clearly um, an act of God or a demon. So we have to have the church involved. So I want to read the actual parts of the report that describe this scene. Okay. This is what it says, like verbatim. Four feet distance from the bed, there was a heap of ashes, two legs untouched, from the foot to the knee, with their stockings still on. Between the two legs was a lady's head, whose brains, half the back part of the skull, and the whole chin were burnt to ashes, amongst which were found three fingers blackened. All the rest was ashes, which had this particular quality that they left in the hand when taken up a greasy and stinking moisture. The air in the room also observed cumbered with soot floating in it. A small, a small oil lamp on the floor was covered in ashes but had no oil in it. So the description goes on and it's like 
it's pretty detailed, but I think one of the craziest things to me about this is, and we see this in other cases too, is that the description of like the residue that's left is really mm. creepy. So um, it says here that the whole furniture as well as the bed was spread over with moist and ash color soot, which had penetrated the chest of drawers, even fouled the linens inside them. That soot had gone into the neighboring kitchen. It was on the walls utensils what there was bread that was covered with it and they tried to feed the bread to the dogs and the dogs were like no thank you (laughs) i saw that that's awful (laughs) we don't want that weird butter that's spread all over it and it was noticed that from the windows there was like this actually described as greasy loathsome yellowish liqueur that stuck on the windows and trickled down and then it smelled like a stink oh i mean this part is so strange to me because I have done yeah. cases, murder cases in which, like, you know, victims have been, um, there's been an arson or somebody's covering up their crimes. So they set the scene on fire. Right. But I've never seen descriptions like this unle- uh, of victims of a fire unless it's spontaneous human combustion. Then almost every time there's this weird residue. Yeah. What is it that's like, what is it about the phenomenon that's like making their, their fat seep out? Oh, God, it's awful. It's like they're liquefied, getting liquefied from the inside out, I guess, and then just spattered everywhere. I, oh, that's pretty bad. If you're enjoying Nighty Night, bedtime stories to keep you awake, we would really appreciate it if you would follow us and leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out. Thank you. That sound always makes me smile because it's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Look, I know from personal experience how hard it is to make a go of your own business, whether big or small, but Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved only for big businesses. So now, upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. They can synchronize online and in-person sales and stay effortlessly informed. Look, scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, and you deserve to have all the resources that Shopify can offer. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. You can reach customers online and across all the social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps that include Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. And for folks like me who are not that savvy on social media, it's a lifesaver. And you can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins and beyond shopify is more than a store shopify grows with you this is possibility powered by shopify go to shopify.com slash night all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to shopify's entire suite of features grow your business with shopify today you deserve it your business deserves it go to shopify.com slash night right now shopify.com slash night No two people have the same hair. I mean, come on, you know this. Look at your hair, look at your friend's hair, look at your sister's hair, your kid's hair. We all have completely unique hair. And that's why we need products that address our hair's specific needs, which is where Function of Beauty comes in. Function of Beauty is the world's first fully customizable hair care that creates individually filled shampoos, conditioners, styling, and treatment formulas based on your hair now and where you want it to go. 
Function of Beauty was founded by a dream team of engineers and cosmetic scientists, and each Function of Beauty product is individually designed to be as unique as you and your hair are. Function of Beauty offers over 54 trillion possible formulations, and every single one of them, believe it or not, is vegan and cruelty-free. They never use sulfates or parabens, and you can also go completely silicone-free. Here is how it works. It's so easy. First, you take a hair quiz to build your hair profile, and you select five hair goals, like lengthen, volume, and oil control. For example, does your hair get frizzy in the winter but oily in the summer? Well, function formulations are meant to be changed when your hair needs change. Then you can pick your color and fragrance, or you can go dye and fragrance-free. Finally, you get your freshly filled formula delivered straight to your door and prepare for good, no, great hair days ahead. So say goodbye to generic hair care for good. Why would you use generic hair care when all of us have unique hair? Go to functionofbeauty.com slash nighty night and take your hair goals quiz today and you'll save 25% on your first order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash nighty night and let them know you heard about it from our show and to get 25% off your first order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash nighty night to take your hair quiz and save 25% off on your first order. Okay, so that's 1735, listen, and I can understand if skeptics are like, listen, this is 1735, they don't know what's going on. So let's, we're going to move into some more, more recent examples. 1885, right? Here in Seneca, Illinois, sure. there's a woman named Matilda Rooney. She's in her kitchen alone, and she bursts into flames, okay? Apparently, and this again happens over and over in these cases, her entire body turns to ashes, but her feet, her feet are left. What is that? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm actually starting to relive like my fear from my childhood. Like this could happen. Yeah, I gotta. It's a good thing I don't drink, but <laughs> I don't know if that's the only yeah. issue here. But the crazy thing is, her husband, who is in the next room, also dies from suffocation of the fumes. They find him, and he has died from the fumes. <gasps> of course, they bring in investigators. Investigators are like, there's no source of ignition. I mean, she was in the kitchen, but apparently, the the it was such an intense heat that it reduced her to ashes and bone, but the rest of the room is like untouched. And that's also something we see again and again. Yeah. That the fire starts in the person's body and it kind of just stays there other than like a feet, a foot or a leg or some crap. Yeah. I feel like a lot of what I read was like, you know, they were near a furnace or their head was oriented toward the fireplace. And so you're like, okay, well then obviously it had to do with that, but it does doesn't explain how their feet are left it doesn't explain like people don't just die like yeah. you know it takes a and while so it'll be like oh the chair he was sitting in was fine how does that happen right yeah explain that to me i mean I, and you think that she would have been like hey i'm on fire please come help you or know? have a run like this this is, this <laughs> yeah, is the thing. get up and move. Well, if, right so if somebody catches fire like you know people just go flailing and roll on the floor yeah they're not like just standing with their feet together in the exact same spot yeah or s- just remain in the chair as they're ablaze like you know if like what i'm saying is if it was like a candle or something that lit your clothing on fire you're yeah. not going to just sit there you would no you would stop drop and roll you do something to try to like get get the fire off of you or to to put it out yeah we're gonna get into like how scientists or the people who like don't believe in this phenomenon explain how it happens but this is a big part of why i don't believe them because i'm like you're not telling me the cigarette set him on fire and he just sat there and watched it happen but i'll say this i am 48 i don't know how old you're daisy but i'm 42 42. okay you've got some time maybe but i 
in the last year, I think I've had like two hot flashes. The first, I'm sure, of many to come because, you know, I'm getting there. Mm -hmm. And I did. One time I was on a plane and I was like, did somebody just set me on fire from the inside? Am I on, <laughs> Am fire? I on fire? Oh my God. <laughs> like it was something I can't even describe because I was like, and now I get like, you know why? Like my mom and aunts are like, yeah. you don't understand. Uh, but this is definitely not a menopausal issue. <laughs> this could happen to men no. too. So there's a real famous case from 1966 where, um, and this happened, I think in the UK, there's a retired doctor named Irving Bentley. He's 92 years old. And this meter man goes to his house regularly and he is a regular customer and he he knows how to let himself into the basement to check the meter mm -hmm. so he goes into the basement the meter man's name is don and when he goes in there he's like what's going on here and he finds at the bottom of the steps that there's a pile of ashes on the floor there's a weird sickening odor he looks up and there's a hole that's been burnt through the ceiling into the basement and there's these little red embers around the hole and like i said there's like a pile of ashes underneath this hole oh. on the floor so he goes upstairs and above that, I mean, the hole is in the bathroom that's above the basement. And he finds basically what's left of Dr. Irving Bentley, which is one part of a leg. And he says <sighs> that it was so discolored, he couldn't tell if it was a human being or a mannequin. And it's right by the toilet. And the guy's like, Walker is still there. And that's it. And like, literally, oh my God. the heat was so intense, it burned through the floor. Like, Jesus and left a leg. I mean, that's how I, yeah. I mean, I don't know how anybody can explain yeah. that. Okay. An 86 case, 1986. And here's the thing. There's actually pictures of this. Okay. And actually there's actually pictures of the, the, the Bentley case too. Like what they found There's some black and white pictures. Not great. But the 1986 case of a man named George Mott, there's color pictures of what they found in his bed. So George was a retired fireman and he had had a lot of damage to his lungs over the years fighting fires. Mm -hmm. And he had to sleep with like a, I guess, you know, some kind of a, a, a mask and an oxygen machine to get like fresh air mm -hmm. into his lungs. So one day his son's like, I haven't heard from my dad what's going on. I'm going to go there and check on him and he gets there. And the house, like from, from the outside, he can see like the windows are all like br have brown staining on them. He's like, that's weird. And he touches the handle of the door to the house and the handle is hot. Mm -hmm. It's hot. Mm -hmm. That he finds his dad inside in the bed, but he's just a pile of ashes and a skull fragment and a couple of bone splinters. And like I said, George Mott, look it up. There are pictures, folks. It's like a pile of ashes under the covers in bed. The pillow is intact. The covers are intact. The bed is fine. The mask is there and the air is still pumping through it. What? Yes. And that's oxygen too. Isn't that like highly flammable? Okay. Yeah. That's why like you're supposed to never you're like right. light a... Yeah. That should think that should think right, blown up, right? Like... And he's apparently... I mean, you would think. He should have been wearing the mask, uh, you know, it, if it's on. He'd probably turn it on, put the mask on, and then burst into flames somehow. Oh, God, I see the pictures. Yikes. We all know that knowledge is power. When you know more, you can do more. What if you use science to discover more about your body? Find out what you need for your healthier tomorrow with Everly Well. Everly Well is a digital healthcare designed for you. 
all at an affordable and transparent price. They have over 30 at-home lab tests, and you can choose the test that makes the most sense to you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or the food sensitivity test. Everlywell also has high-quality vitamins and supplements to support your overall health. Choose from a variety of options, including vitamin D3 and omega-3 fish oil. Here is how it works. It's so easy. Everlywell ships products straight to you with everything you need in one package. To take your at-home lab test, you just collect your sample and use the included prepaid shipping label to mail your test back to a certified lab. Your physician-reviewed results get sent to your phone or device in just days. And you can share the results with your primary care physician to help guide next steps. If you ordered vitamins and supplements, you can start adding them to your daily routine right away. It is so simple that over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well to support their health and wellness goals, and I am one of them. I'm at the point in my life, just a couple years away from 50, that I need to figure out what is happening inside my body, which is why I took the Everly Well Women's Health Test. It is their most comprehensive hormone panel for women at all stages of their life, but for me, it really helped me understand what was happening with my hormones, the changes my body is going through, and adjustments I need to make in my life to improve my quality of life. For listeners of the show, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash night. That's everlywell.com slash night for 20% off your next at-home lab test. That's everlywell.com slash night. People always say it's about the journey and not the destination. And guess what? They're right. Because getting there effortlessly is what base luggage and bags were made for. Base is there for your journey wherever your next destination might be. Base was created by actress Shay Mitchell to make sleek and affordable bags, luggage, and accessories designed to help you travel effortlessly while still looking fashionable. And look, everything's opened up again. We're all traveling again. I'll be traveling all over the country later this year just for my book tour, and I'm so excited that I'll be taking my Base luggage with me. That's because Base has thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360-degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, believe it or not, washable bags for your dirty clothing, and all the interior pockets you could ever need to keep organized. Their luggage comes in lots of different sizes and colors, and for shorter trips, the Weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately. Every single piece is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead, which is why Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash night. But you got to make sure you spell base right. It's B-E-I-S. Go to basetravel.com slash night for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash night. So this guy writes his book called Ablaze, and this is what he said in the book when he talked about this case. Quote, there was incredible localized damage done to the body. George Mott was incinerated to an extent that we told by forensic experts could only be replicated inside a crematorium operating at 3000 degrees Fahrenheit or more for 12 long oh. hours for 12 long hours. Oh, my God. But here's the thing. It never takes 12 hours. Like, you know, it, it's yeah. always like something that happens within a matter of maybe hours or even a shorter time. Yeah. But but 3000 degrees, like which maybe explains why Dr. Bentley like burned a hole through the ceiling. Yeah. I mean, and went right through. So, you know, I mean like these photographs to me, oh. just, 
there's no way to explain it. No. I mean, even if this guy, there was apparently a box of matches close to Mr. Mott too, that were perfectly fine. So if it was like this big fire, that's weird. The bed, the bedding, the pillow, like how do you just end up with a pile of ashes? Even if somebody came into the house and was like, I'm going to set, I'm going to kill this man and set him on fire. You can't just, you can't just contain it to like, it just doesn't make sense to me. No, you, right. They would find accelerant everywhere and, and yeah, and everything would be burned. But here's also another thing I'm trying to figure out is this. So let's say spontaneous human combustion is a real thing and somebody just burst into flames. Why don't those flames cat? Why is only the body burning and nothing around it? Yeah. I, I, and is it coming from inside the body? Is the call coming from inside the it house? Is, apparently. Or is it, or. Uh, well, there was one case and I didn't um, talk about, I mean, I didn't like get the details for this episode, but there, I read about this one case where this guy reported that his and he was a doctor he saw his own leg burst into flames and he was able to put it out what <laughs> yeah <laughs> he survived to tell the tale so this is insane the calls coming from inside the house <laughs> and then we get to then we'll get to the case of um which is the most recent case i think i've seen a 2010 case and that's the case kind of that our story most narrowly followed which is this a case yeah. from Ireland, Michael Faherty. Faherty? Faherty? Yeah, Faherty. He looks like every Irish grandpa. <laughs> like, just picture an Irish grandpa, and that's what Michael Faherty oh, looks man. like. Poor Mr. Faherty. Just with his little cap and his little twinkle in his eye. Yeah. Well, I mean, he didn't go out like every Irish grandfather, um, unfortunately for him. Mm-hmm. So apparently witnesses saw smoke coming from the house. They knocked on the door, you know, got the fire and police to come. They found him um, sitting, I guess, in, you know, a recliner in the sitting room or living room. Mm-hmm. He had his head close to a fireplace, but, I mean, his body was completely burned. There was damage to the floor below him and to the ceiling above, um, but there was no accelerant they found or foul play. Yeah. The open fireplace, they said, was determined not to be the cause of the fire. Wow. But... Um, you know, although some people are like, obviously that was the cause of the fire, but look, right. the chair he's sitting in is still intact. Yeah. And part, and there's, again, it's like uh, the other cases in which his legs are still fine. They, right. Like even if you could come up with a, with a reasonable explanation for how the fire got started, it does not explain these other, like how, why the bed isn't affected or the chair or that their legs are still fine. Right. So I don't think they came to any kind of conclusion about like the cause of his death other than he just was like a pile of ashes when they found him and some bone splinters. But like, this is 2010. So we're not talking about ancient history. This is not 1731. So it's 2010. (laughs) But we, we do have people who obviously are like, okay, look, there is a scientific explanation for this. Although I agree, but I think it's the wrong one they're coming up with. Mm -hmm. There was a woman named Angie Christensen, who's currently an FBI forensic anthropologist, but she wrote her master's thesis about the subject. And of course she's not the only one. If you go online, you'll find lots of like the skeptics and the debunkers. And they say, well, look, in almost every case, it's somebody who's older, they're sitting close to or laying close to something that could have caused a fire. Although, you know, Mr. Mott in his bed, he had an oxygen mask on. I don't know what could have caused the flames there. Yeah. There's always, they're under the influence of alcohol or sedatives, so they can't move if they're on fire. Mm. I mean, look, I've never been drunk, Daisy, but I feel like a drunk (laughs) person on fire could also move. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would have to be like... I feel like any any amount of fire, like if even if you're blackout drunk, you're gonna, I don't know. I mean, unless you're roofied, and I don't think these people were roofied. Right. 
Like, was George Mott roofied no. before he went to bed? I, I highly doubt it. No. Dr. <laughs> was, Dr. Was 76-year-old Michael Ferry? <laughs> Dr. Bentley was taking a leak. I mean, when he burst into flames and went through the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I feel like no, you know, I'll take a... I'll take a unison once in a while. Like I'm like no amount amount of like sedatives I can think of, unless you, like you said, like completely like knocked out. If somebody's set on fire, they're still going to be like, I got to move, I got to do something. Yeah, there's adrenaline starts pumping, and yeah. yeah, like I think your body has mechanisms for exactly that, right? Like they have something. So they've come up with something called the wick theory, which is like that the body fat turns into like the wick of a, <sighs> like a candle. Yeah. The cl- or the clothing is the clothing becomes the wick and the body fat is like the candle and Ugh. the fat gets and, and this is I mean clearly the fat has been burned in these victims and these you know people but yeah but the theory here is that like the clothing caught on fire something caught on fire and then the fat begins to melt it draws up into the clothing the clothing acts like a wick and it's like this continuous source of fuel but here's the thing when you burn a candle with a wick, right? Mm. That wick burns mm-hmm. independent of the, like it's above the fat source or the burning yeah. source. Yeah. But a piece of clothing on a person who's on fire is not gonna like just continue to burn like a wick. It's gonna be the first thing to just disappear and turn into ashes, right? Yeah. Also, you know, there are plenty of people who burn lots and lots of candles and you don't see like weird waxy residue on the walls from it. Yeah. I don't think a person's like, shirt can become a long burning wick it makes no sense to me like it no yeah and look i did not do the scientific research on this and i would love to hear from uh, any of our listeners who are like robbie you're wrong but i think would you i i wouldn't <laughs> i want a real explanation. Okay. you can keep it to yourself this is the only yeah. alternate theory that's offered by a scientist and i'm like this is bullshit i know this yeah. is not po- what you're saying is not possible that somebody is yeah close to a, a source of a flame except m- in many of these cases they're not and they just don't even bother right. to move they just sit still mm-hmm. as they go up in flames and the theory also is that they are burning for a long a long period so a lot of times your head and skull is or parts of the skull so the theory is that the the torso of the body burns and that's why we find like limbs and stuff sometimes because mm-hmm. the torso has the most fat okay if your torso sure. is on fire and your head is not you're going to move. Like, I just don't get it. Yeah. But also, how does that explain how, like, fingers and feet are left? Well, they say there's less fat on them, so they don't get burned in the same way. Okay. I mean... Yeah, but, like, it seems like it's, like, most of the time it's their arms and their hands go, but then there's, like, a foot. I don't know. Right. In perfect condition a lot of times, like unsinged hairs. Yeah, yeah, just like sitting there as though nothing had happened. You know, so one, some of the things I've read are like, there are cases which were reported as spontaneous human combustion that turned out to be complete lies and like somebody clearly set themselves on fire. And and I think mm. those have gotten mixed up with the ones that are not explainable. Um, and so because of that, like the debunkers are like, but what, where, how, yeah. how do, I, what about this one? Oh, I love your show right. because a lot of times you will walk us through something. I'm like, Oh my God, there's no explanation for that. And at the end you're like, there's an absolutely reasonable explanation. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Shit. Wah, wah. I know. Here I come to Debbie Downer, everything. What I don't understand is like, let's say, okay, fine. Let's say you drank too much. You fell asleep in your favorite sitting chair and you're smoking a cigarette, and the ashes fall on your belly, even that 
like, okay, the whole, the whole cigarette falls on your belly or, or in your lap or whatever. And, and, and that catches on fire. You would wake up. You'd wake, you would wake up. Right? I think so. I mean, unless, unless you have poured that alcohol over your clothing, you shouldn't go up. <laughs> wait, I would assume you're not going to go up in a burst of flames um, that makes you unable for you to even move. I would assume that even. Then, right. And people are not found with like an empty liquor bottle right next to them, no. suggesting that they like doused themselves before they fell asleep or even like a shot glass. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not, it's, it's, you're not going to pour liquor all over yourself by mistake and then go into the sitting room and sit down. Like by the time you're pouring liquor on yourself, <laughs> you're on the floor, like, you know? Well, I'll tell you this. I, when I started doing the research on this, I thought, I'm going to go into this and it's going to, I'm going to be completely convinced that there's a explanation where people have acted reckless or whatever. And I actually have come back um, with, with my childhood fear renewed that this could happen to me, except <laughs> so drink. I can totally understand why people, you know, back in the day would have thought it was like divine punishment. Yeah. Of course, that's what it would seem like. I'm sure, look, I'm sure there probably is some sort of scientific explanation. We just, like I mean there has to be something yeah, it's not God there's definitely a scientific explanation but here's the thing like as somebody who believes in God I'm like I, I also believe God works through science so God's like yeah here are the the, the scientific reasons I'm going to make this shit happen to somebody or whatever yeah but yeah but I just think that like it doesn't seem like there's been like actual real like research on like what could actually happen in a body but the other thing is this yeah I also have not found any cases of this happening I think in animals and I wonder why that is you would think it would happen oh, like an animal, right? Don't you think? Well, it's possible that, like, you know, that's how some forest fires were started. <laughs> like, you oh, know, no. a little wombat is laying there and just all Burst of a sudden bursts flames. into flames. That's a whole other rabbit but, hole. But you know, wombats can't sin against God. So, yeah. Well, I I think I'm happy to remove the the, the sin part of it, and I feel like yeah. there could be some kind of internal look after I had that hot flash. I truly felt like I could burst into a fireball. There are things that happen. There are some kind of little, and we are energy, right? We're energy. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we're electricity. We're electricity. Sure. Something could misfire. I look forward to hearing your eventual episode about this because I'm sure you can come to a better conclusion. Yeah, now I'm inspired. I don't know. I don't know if I can. There are episodes where I just walk away going, I, I, I don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is called unexplained. And I think it's fair that you can get away with that. You can be like, look, I told you it was strange and unexplained. Yeah. I'm not going to explain this. Hey, to you. man, it's in the title. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for uh, walk, helping me walk through these absolutely horrific cases. And um, like I said, oh, since- it's my, my pleasure. <laughs> it is interesting, though, to me that like there are less and less reported ones. And also, I don't know if I've seen yeah. anything reported outside of like Europe and America, North America. I'd be curious. It also might. It also might be that if if a loved one these days, like if you were to come home and find a loved one like that, like the thought of putting that out into the public, like my my loved one spontaneously combusted, and then just face the wrath of people online, like trolling you because of yeah. it. 
Yeah. You know, maybe people just keep it quiet. Well, I mean, yeah, but you got to like, if, if that were to happen, you're definitely calling the police. I mean, like, there's no way it's not getting documented somehow, right? Like, sure. But you would come up with like a different explanation. Yeah. Like, I don't think a coroner is going to be like spontaneous human <laughs> combustion. I think they're just going to say like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that could really impact your credibility if you were to do that. Right? Yeah, like, probably. <laughs> it make it look bad. Um, yeah. Daisy, we have battled through. You guys have no idea how complicated it was getting this oh, episode. The tech <laughs> issues. No, I was saying the universe was conspiring not to make this episode happen, but we fought back. We did. We did we, not we let the universe happen. win. We did not let the yeah. universe win. <laughs> uh, I want to let our listeners know where they can find you and your show, and I'll learn all about you. My show is Strange and Unexplained with Daisy Egan. New episodes drop every Thursday. I'm on the various social medias here and there. Let's see, Twitter and Instagram, Daisy Egan, TikTok, although I'm taking a break from TikTok because I'm making more space for Black, Indigenous, and other people of color creators to have more of a voice. Not that I have much of a following on TikTok anyway. You're awesome. Um, well, I, you know, I try to shine my little light. Mm. And YouTube, but like, not really, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and daisyegan.com, right? That's your website. Yes, yes. And it's E-A-G-A-N. Most people don't spell it that way. You guys have to check out, especially our listeners, because, you know, they, they love you know, these kind of spooky yeah. stories and all of our oh, stories yeah. are based on like real life stuff and you go right to the real life stuff. You just like skip sure the do. narrative part. Um, you guys will love it and it'll, but I will say that, uh, that story, I, I loved that story about Kate and, and her father. It was really beautiful. The, the, in a blaze. Thank you so much. It was beautiful. We have amazing writers and yeah, that was a, that I was really moved by that story too. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. But uh, for our listeners, you know, listen to Strange and Unexplained to help sustain you through um, the next few weeks because we're going to be taking a hiatus until our fall season. So you're not going to hear from us until uh, fall is finally upon us and spooky season is back. And we'll be back with an entire season of 10 new stories that our writers are working on right now. I'm very excited about. Um, and in the meantime, you can get your you can get your fix with the with Daisy's show. Yeah, we've got lots of great, great topics coming up. Thank you so much, Daisy. You have a wonderful rest of ah, your week. You too. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so honored. Oh, thank you for being on. Let's all try to stay out of the sun and not burst into flames for the next few <laughs> until we get to the fall. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you. Yeah. We will be back in a couple months. See you then. Nighty Night is executive produced by Rabia Chaudhry and Colin Thompson. It's produced by DJ Lou Bell. It's sound designed and edited by Anton Doty. Original music by Andrew Gerlicker. Nighty Night is a cast original podcast. Thanks so much for listening to an episode of Nighty Night, bedtime stories to keep you awake. Now that you're spooked to the bone and won't be able to sleep all night, please go ahead and follow, rate, and review us. Sweet dreams.